Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. If you listened to our last episode, then you'll remember we waffled on for so long that we had to split the episode into two parts. We were just starting to talk about framing as we ended part one, and that is where we continue our conversation today. Well, framing a painting badly is like dressing a person badly. And yeah, that was on my notes. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so true. It's so true. And I would definitely recommend getting your work framed by a professional framer because they frame art all day, every day, and they'll be able to help advise you on the right frame as well because they see it all the time. And, you know, I always think, that like clothes, less is more. You know, too too fancy can be well, here too we go. much. Naked again, aren't you? No, I'm not talking no. about that. I'm not talking about nudity <laughs> here. I'm talking about if you wear the dress. Oh, not less clothes. No. And the, and and the all the rings and the the yeah big earrings and, and a fancy scarf and it, it can be too much. You know, sometimes skinny jeans and a t-shirt and a pair of heels is perfect. Heels, <laughs> I do heels. Do you know what I mean, though? Yeah. Sometimes we want the art to speak to you far more than the frame. So generally, I'd suggest going for a frame that isn't too busy, not too fancy, and is not coloured. I mean, you, you when going back to what you said about, you know, I suggested a white frame for your drawing, your yeah. paintings. I mean, you can see why, can't you? If you'd have put a coloured frame around one of those, it would have been too much. Which I would have. Well, I wouldn't have put a colour, but black I would have considered. Yeah, but black fine. Yeah. I think black, that your eye would have been drawn to the black frame rather than the picture. Yeah. 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 So it's that's why I, I suggested the white. Really, yeah. generally, generally, I will go for a white or a black. And with my black frames, there is one I use quite often in my darker paintings, and I, it's got like this bronzy accent color. So it almost looks like it's black painted over bronze, but slightly sanded away in areas. Yeah. And it's got a little tiny bronzy colored trim between. The, you know where the window is just around that edge just thinly and that kind of breaks that darkness up and separates the frame from the image and it works so well for some of my paintings um I mean I there are some paintings that might look great in a gilt frame but I think that's fairly unusual for a modern painting what is a gilt frame a gilt frame is like one of those big old-fashioned you know you go to a, an art gallery yeah. And you'll see like a Van Gogh, and it's got a great big gold painting with loads of patterning inside. It's really kind of fancy. Fat. Yeah, really like, old fashioned. Yeah, it's quite unusual for it to suit a modern painting. In fact, I, I'm sure I remember when we did we did a um, video, didn't we? Not that long ago during lockdown on a virtual gallery trip. Yeah, Van Gogh, remember? Van Gogh Museum. Yeah, yeah, we went we went there together because we couldn't go out, and we did a video on uh, showing people how that they can go to a gallery together with a friend without actually having to go out and um I remember saying to you because we were looking at a Van Gogh painting and and the thing is he was quite before his time wasn't he and some of his his paintings were very well modern looking and bright colors and and I remember saying to you 
I, I think that painting would look so much better in a really modern white frame than it does in this hideous gilt thing, which I don't I don't like gilt frames particularly as a rule anyway. It's got to be a specific kind of painting to get away with it, I think. Um, but that was of the time, I guess, wasn't it? Of That's, the time, yeah. exactly, exactly. They look fabulous around those old-fashioned paintings, you know, portraits and that. That then They've got their place and they do look fabulous on some paintings, but, yeah, not so much probably, I don't suppose many artists go for them these days you know um sometimes wood plain wood can work I've never framed anything in plain wood but it could work but keep in mind that some paintings can't cope with a wide frame whereas others really really need it and some can really benefit from one of those scoop frames that really help to draw the eye in you know the ones that are kind of flush to the painting in the center and then they come out So they sound sound proud of the painting on the edge, and that can be really good for for smaller paintings. How do you know if you need a big frame, like a thick frame or a thin one? What what sort of image, or don't you know until you saw it? Would you think would benefit most from a thin frame? What would benefit most from a thick one? Um, it's hard because I don't know if that's just something that comes. I kind of know. I just kind of know. Although I am surprised sometimes, I've taken, um, and this is where going to a frame is is so good because, like you say, you've got those corner pieces and you can try them. But I've been surprised before where I've felt that one, you know, a, a painting could do with something maybe a couple of inches and that's it. Whereas um, the framer has said, "Oh, have you thought of this?" And it's really wide, and it's like, "Wow!" But right, you've never yeah. believed it could yeah. take something like that, but it really could take. A really wide frame you just have to try it and you start getting to know these things but yeah I mean what you don't want you don't want the the frame to become the star of the show yeah. is that's really important there's only one reason you'd go for a wide frame if it's a great big painting for a star I mean you wouldn't really generally put a very thin frame around a big painting would you so a size has got a lot to do with it but then sometimes you can get the tiniest I don't know if my mum's got one on. Do you know, I'm, I don't know where I've seen this, but I've seen a painting somewhere and the painting itself is about three inches square and it's got this frame, which is probably about five inches wide all around it. Wow. I can't remember where I've seen it and it's a scoop frame. So it goes right in and you, you're directed straight into that painting room, by this frame. It? So it, a frame can actually push your eye right where you want it to go but what you don't want is the frame to be so busy itself that actually you're distracted by that and you're not really getting to the painting first if you know what I mean and um mounting that's another thing to think about you know I, I don't know if you look at your your paintings Tara if you didn't have the mount and that white frame was directly around the you know the the painting yeah it wouldn't you know, it wouldn't look half as good as having it wouldn't. and it's no. working out it's like I was like how thick does this mount need to be and that took a bit of thinking about as well you know you don't want to do it so this you've got this massive white space well you, I think you can do and some look lovely if you do that but it's got to be the right painting hasn't it you have to have this massive white space around it oh yeah absolutely uh, and and like I say in the, in the framing shops they'll usually have samples of mount as well so yeah. what you can do is you can lay your painting down and then you can put your mount that you you, cho- you choose whatever mount and then you put that down then you put the frame corner over the top and you can adjust it you can sort of move it in and out to sort of figure out what looks best 
obviously, I did a pastel and I put a mount on that. You do oils. Do you ever put mounts on oil paintings? No, no, that's what I was going to say. A lot of paintings don't need a mount at all. Certainly my oil oil paintings don't. Why is that? Do you know? No, I mean, some people use, some people will mount them and they'll do it, they'll mount them like on a canvas mount. Oh, right. Which is unusual. So you Um, you can see the outer, you can see a blank outer. Yeah. And it's like canvas. I've never, I've never mounted an oil painting, um, but then my paintings are on a canvas. If you do an oil painting on um, a board or a like a oil paper, which you can get, then you, you know, if it's a small painting, then you might want to mount it. But I, most oil paintings, I don't think need mounting. Um, a watercolor or a drawing or something like that something like your abstract faces we've been talking about, they can really benefit from a mount. And it, it kind of gives the eye a break between the frame and the painting. And sometimes, whereas I don't like coloured frames, a coloured mount can really work, especially if you're going for a white tra- uh, frame and it's like a pencil drawing or something like that with very little colour in it. But just be, you know, careful, pick carefully. I actually bought a painting of... Um, Tracy Fletcher King, she's anyone who doesn't know who she is, look her up. Her paintings are so, so gorgeous. And uh, she did a series of watercolour perfume bottles and the, they're so vibrant and bright and all these beautiful splashy colours and I love them. And I've got two of hers actually. And uh, when I framed, uh, well, I framed them both, but obviously I'll, let me talk about one. I framed one and I really wanted to do it justice. And the painting, it's on a white it's obviously on white paper and I, and I wanted a white frame. I knew that much specifically because the room it was going in um, has, has a, a wallpaper. So I don't really like busy frames on wallpaper. So I decided what I would do is I'd pick out a color from the painting itself and choose a mount in that color. So you've got the white frame, then you've got that color mount. It's only about an inch wide. And then you've got the white of the paper. And then you've got this vibrant painting of the perfume bottle in the middle. And it looks absolutely beautiful. Nothing distracts from the painting itself, but the whole finished look really sets it off. And again, with a pencil drawing, you know, the pencil drawing is basically graphite grey, isn't it, in various tones. Yeah. And then you've got, so, you know, that's when maybe a coloured frame might work. But I personally tend to um, pick a coloured mount if rather than a coloured frame and that way it's broken up a bit you can just you could pick out anything and it might be to do with where the painting is or the drawing is hanging rather than the drawing itself but that's where mounts can be a little bit different than frames and And I I think that's a really good idea what you just said was to pick a colour out of the painting to make them out because I mean that is a design rule actually when you get a list of design rules one of the rules is repeat and of course, that's what you're doing there, aren't you? You're mm. repeating a colour somewhere else. Yeah, and I didn't pick the strongest colour that was in the painting. I picked a subtle colour in the background. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it really, really works. One thing I really like is, you know, when people get these box canvases and yeah. then they paint, the painting continues around the sides. Yeah, I really my friend like does that. that a lot with hers. She does She does that. Yeah, is that, is that the one the... you had the exhibition with? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Does she? Is that acrylic she uses to do that? Yeah, she uses acrylics. Would yeah. you do that with oils as well? Do you paint oils on box, or can you paint oils on box canvases? Yeah, yeah, you can. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, because it's not really doesn't suit what you do, does I it? I don't. I don't really like 
so much that anyway. I prefer just the clean side to myself. Everyone's to themselves. My friends, she hers works really well because um, she was doing like jellyfish and her, all the tentacles were kind of wrapping around the edge, which I thought was great. Yeah. But it, it was the subject that worked really. Yeah. Um, what you were saying about going into your local framers because obviously they mm. know things i still think it's really useful maybe be- beforehand you could even go onto one of these online framing sites have a little dabble you don't have to buy the frame on there do you just to get an idea of kind of what you like yourself first and then maybe go into a framers so you've kind of you've tested it and you've got a bit more idea of what you want and then you can get an advice from a framers as well that could work couldn't it Oh, definitely. That's a really good idea. And and you could take that, you could take a screenshot and take it to the frame yeah. and say, you know, I'm looking at something like this. What do you think? Yeah. Um, one of the things I like about online as well is that you can now get everything done to size, which is so, yeah. so much. Even, yeah. if, even if you didn't want to go the whole hog and get your um, picture framed up, you could just get a mount put on it even if you were just going to send instead of just sending it out raggy edged you could put a mount on something which even mm. like that just tidies it up doesn't it yeah then something like that and if you want to dummy up your artwork not necessarily for properly framing it but you want to make it look good for social media so you want to make it look like it's in a frame or in a setting so maybe you want to make it look like it's in someone's lounge hung over the sofa then if you know how to use photo editing software or even something like Canva might work, depending what you use. If you go into the free royalty free sites like Pixabay and Unsplash, where they've got free photos and you search for something like frame or something like that, you will find some images. And I found some recently where you've got um, a picture of a frame over a sofa and you can just drop your work in there. Over oh, that's a good idea. And it makes it look it just lifts it and it looks like it's framed, even though you haven't spent any money on it. Or there's also places like Creative Market, it's called, I think it's creativemarket.com. And you can buy packs of images that people have made and they'll have maybe 50 different frames in different locations. Or, you know, there might be a frame with a nice, really nice shadow cast over it. And if you, again, if you know how to use Photoshop or Canva, stuff like that, you'd have to check which ones it uses. You can go and drop your your images into it. Or like me, what I'm going to do, you know, take some photos of frames yourself that are empty and then put your pictures in there. But if you're having one of those photographs, though, where... Because you can get them, can't you? Where it's sort of you get a frame over a sofa, yeah, in a virtual I mean. room, yeah. But does it scale it? Does to, it to, does it scale it down to the size? Like, say, for instance, you've got a, a, a painting that's I don't know, two foot wide, and yeah. you know what I mean, will it? There, there are it? there are some. If you if you know what you're doing with Photoshop, yes, there are there are some of those packs. Not on the free ones like Pixabay. Obviously, you, you, it's right. all fixed. Those, but some yeah. of the ones on Creative Market, some aren't, but some are. Where they'll they'll have room settings, but then they have separate frames. So it will say this frame is two foot by two foot, right? Yeah. And it's because- done in pro to the sofa. So you know if you pick any of those frames that fits the dimensions of of what you've done i mean for me personally and it's a great way of showing online like a social media photo if you're trying to sell your painting yeah. so this is what it would look like in a room like this exactly or this is in a room setting and it's exactly what they do on places like red bubble and you know all the um mm. a lot of those do they automatically size it to the size yeah. that the painting is and you wouldn't have to tidy up either <laughs> 
No. And there's no no getting no housework. And no no cleaning the old frame, which I don't like. No. Yeah. yeah. Just a quick note as well on, on going back to professional framers. Now you can do this yourself as well, but um when you do get something professionally framed, people sort of think it's really expensive. It's not. It's actually not that much more expensive than just buying a frame to be honest it um but what they'll do is when you turn a professionally fa- framed um painting over and look at the back it'll be all neatly taped with art tape at the back to get rid of all the the cracks you know between the backs and the frames and it just looks really beautifully finished yeah but don't forget that they will you know they can make the frame but they don't have to finish it off so like my frame is you can just have it made and then they give it to you done. Yeah. They measure they measure the painting for you. You take your painting away, then you come and pick the frame up and then you finish it off yourself. So you take it home, you put the hooks on it, you put the tape on it and you've done, you know, or they finish it off for you and then that's obviously co- that costs more money because they're doing it all. Yeah. Um, but you can't beat that. You know, if you're in an exhibition or something like that, it's almost, it, well, it's really important to get it yeah. done like that, I think. And, and especially know. if you know that if you sell one, you can you know more than cover absolutely oh you yeah absolutely you when you're selling a painting you add the cost of the frame on um because you know you're not gonna well you've got to although to be honest i try really to sell without framing now if i can because frames quite vulnerable in in the post and so i try to do that way but what i'll do is then i'll send a photograph of of a really perfect frame that would go with the painting so the person knows what i think yeah (laughs) Before they um, put a completely different one on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, moving on then to hanging a painting for the purpose of showing it. You know, if you want to show your painting hanging on a wall, okay, we're not. Let's not talk about. Well, yeah, I suppose this could be relevant whether it's an exhibition or whether it's for social media photograph. But sometimes you do want to hang your your painting in a setting, and it's always best to photograph it against a plain white wall or maybe a plain brick wall. It's probably a mistake to hang it against a busy, colourful wallpaper as that's going to be really distracting from the painting unless it's something that really tones in well with it somehow or or the frame is white so you've got the break. But hang it somewhere before you photograph it in, with a nice, even light, but definitely not where it's in direct sunlight because the glass, if it's behind glass, will reflect light and then that will obscure the view. Um, actually, you can actually get from professional framers, you can get... I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a non-reflective glass. Oh, I had a painting done once years and years ago when I was like mm. a teenager. It was awful. But, oh, really? But it was obviously the painting I had it done on because it was a watercolour and it just right. killed it. Oh, that's really funny because in, in our framers up the road, they've got a painting. They've got two identical paintings hanging up. One yeah is behind reflective glass and one is behind non-reflective glass and it's really interesting because the one behind reflective glass you look at and you can see behind you the windows and you can see a bit of reflection of your own self in it yeah the one that's behind the non-reflective glass looks like it's not behind glass at all all right it's really clear it's probably moved on a lot because that was years ago obviously so but it just looked dead much more expensive than normal yeah yeah Yeah, just bear in mind if you're going to hang watercolors obviously they will fade if they're in direct sunlight so you obviously you've got no control if you sold it except to offer advice to the person who's bought it i guess um and also and you're gonna have to explain this sandra because again you've given me a note that i don't know anything about 
Oh, I don't like talking too much, you see. It says, avoid hanging over a direct heat source. Now, I'm, I'm guessing that this is again because it's going to damage the painting. Well, it can do. I mean, to be honest, this is slightly off topic, really, because it was just something that sprung to my mind. You know, if you're presenting your artwork, it's got nothing to do with where, where you're hanging over a direct heat source. But just just as we were talking about it, I thought, I'm going to say that because a lot of people might not realise that. But, yeah, you wouldn't really... Um, Although saying that, you would often have a painting over a fireplace. I know, and it's funny. I've I've seen that before. It's not so much the painting as the frame. The frame can walk. Oh, I suppose as well. If the frames glued, I don't know. How do they stick them together? They are generally glued in the corners. Yeah, I suppose that's the problem with the glue as well. Mm. But mm. it's just something I wouldn't personally do. Yeah. Um, I mean. We could go on and talk about exhibiting your work, but then I think this episode would be absolutely epic. So what I'm going to say about that is no matter how nervous you are, you must always hide that. Just act confident. Even if you're not, just pretend, just bluff. Because like we said earlier, you know, you have to... People you were terrified, will... weren't you? It was, you know, oh, you did your ex- exhibition. Yeah. But prior mm. to that, had you been involved in other exhibitions? No. Oh, your joint ones, yeah, yes. group ones. Not, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And had you been to it's like so I've had my I've had paint no, I exhibited. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I've I've had one exhibited in Birmingham before yeah. that got through a selection thing like years and years ago. Mm. But I didn't go to I went and had a look at it, but not on like an opening night or anything like that. Mm. Well mine one of my paintings won a competition and it was involved in an exhibition after that that went on for a few weeks. And um, I was invited, obviously, to go, and I did go, but I didn't. I, I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> who <I> was. <laughs> you, you know, but yeah, and and I've done exhibitions with, you know, that, that aren't in my area anyway, so I wouldn't yeah. be able to go to. But yeah, this one was. So basically, you're telling everybody to be confident, even though you'll wait yourself. Yeah, or or, yeah, if you're not confident, just don't go. (laughs) No, no. I mean, I once I once I was at my exhibition. Yeah, I was nervous, but I was I wasn't showing those nerves. I kept them inside. Helped with the beer, didn't it? Though. Yeah, a few proseccos, (laughs) you know, and yeah, then it's fine. It's just if you think about it. It's like anything. If if you went to an exhibition and you saw an artist and they were like, oh, I'm so nervous. I just don't know if I'm very good. I don't know if I'm good enough for this exhibition. Even though you can see their work is good, you would doubt it. Well, you it makes you uncomfortable doubt again, doesn't it? Well, because you, you, you think, well, if you doubt your yeah. artwork, then, then, then it's obviously something not quite right with it. So why would I invest my money into buying it? I often wonder if, if people who come across as confident, if they perhaps don't really feel like that inside they just know they have to be like that yeah I'm sure uh, and like you I haven't I haven't exhibited a painting well apart from the odd one where I haven't haven't been there sort of thing but I have exhibited my character designs I've probably told you about this before um this was probably about 15 years ago where I had a stand a whole stand actually with my characters and I'll tell you what I've never been so flipping terrified in my life <laughs> and it was more, it was more business people coming around for that because I was trying to sell them in as you know to license um but a good thing to have at something like that is obviously business cards yeah. because at least someone's got something you know to take away but I think beyond that nowadays 
you really want to have an email list and you want to collect email addresses because yes, a business card is good because they've got it, but a business card gets lost, shoved at the bottom of a bag. Whereas if you've got permission to email them, you can keep telling them about any new work that you've got coming up and they might potentially become um, someone you sell to in, in future. But if you do want to get cards printed as well, you know, they don't cost much. Getting online printing is is really, really cheap. You can either just go to someone local or I've used printed.com. I've used those for flyers before. I've got my cards done locally. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's so cheap. It's going to cost you 20 or 30 quid, probably tops. Uh, what about you? Have, you? have you got cards? Yeah, I have. And I've got my most recent lot done um, by a company called Moo. I think it's moo.com. Yeah. So, and they're square, which I thought was quite different, a bit different than the usual sort of. They do some cool stuff, one. yeah. They, yeah, they, they do. They do rounded corners as well, don't they? Yeah, they do rounded corners. They do really long ones, so almost like bookmarks. It's really funny. Yeah, they've got quite a few varieties. And and I get, I've got like a box, come in a box, and I can't remember how many cards are in the box, but there's five different cards. So you can choose five different images, and then they'll obviously do those five images and then multiply them so you've got loads of each of them and um obviously each one's got my one of my paintings on it yeah and they look and they I'll tell you what the print is brilliant on them they're very professional looking and and then obviously all my my details are on the back so I didn't really want to distract from the image on the front but the way they've done it is they've got this kind of very thin white trim around the edge so it almost looks like a polaroid in a way it's oh, quite yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I re- I'm really pleased with them, so I definitely would go back to them again. And there really isn't any need to get them professionally done these days. You know, the long gone are the days where you take your, you know, you go to a printer and ask them to design you a business card and print them out. You can save so much money by doing it online and get just as good results. Are you doing me a graphic designer having a job here? Sorry, but you don't like your job anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is also to have a website if you can have a website even if it's just like an, you treat it like an online business card but if you can have a website do because it's great to be able to say yes I'm an artist if you like to see some of my work you can see it here and give them an, a, a, a website address you know or, and always have that obviously on your business card and it makes me wonder whether we should actually at some point just do an episode on marketing your art and it's just an over, overall thing but because I mean this 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 I think, I think really that, taking a few twists and turns really isn't it but it's kind see, of I think marketing art I need to learn how to market my art <laughs> <laughs> well you know the best way to learn how to market your art is to research. do an episode on it yeah. <laughs> research it and do an episode perhaps we'll do that or I need but, a challenge I need a challenge 60 days to market my art like I did oh, 60 days yeah maybe here she goes again. Yeah. And <laughs> any... I'll get all the phone, I'll get all the, the um text saying how stressed you are about it. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone's got any ideas or uh, would like to coach me through 60 days mm. to market my art, yeah. Yeah. I'm up for it. <laughs> so so let's come off of that then, because that's kind of goes down a whole new rabbit hole. But let's quickly say if you're gonna have a website, you don't need to get that professionally done either you can do those yourself quite easily and make them look beautiful um with companies like square or wix those sort of things so have a look into it but say you've presented yourself and your work artwork now and you've done it really really well you've done it so well that you sold a painting so the next stage is to wrap it and send it 
and and I know this is an on a separate note again, but I wanted to say this because I've been caught out before, and I know other people who have as well. One really really important thing I'll say is never ever wrap an oil painting directly in bubble wrap, not even for a couple of hours. Always use tissue paper first and then bubble wrap and put the bubble side up. Because what can happen is the bubble wrap, it can react to the oil paint and then it leaves this really horrible, shiny pattern on the surface. And it's absolutely impossible to get rid of. And it can happen in a really short time. So don't risk it. It actually will happen. (laughs) Have you actually had it happen? I've had it happen to um, a, a, a three paintings of mine oh, that God. I was taking to um, uh, to be. It was a kind of like a group exhibition, and they were only small eight by eight paintings. And I wrapped them in bubble wrap, and they were only in the wrap for an hour and a half, maybe. But it was hot weather, yeah, and it, they were absolutely beyond. You couldn't oh, do anything God. with them. You couldn't awful. do anything with them. And um, I've since heard of other people that have said exactly the same thing. But obviously, if you're going to wrap anything that's in for a long period of time, use acid, acid-free acid tissue paper and then use your protective wrap over that. Right. God. I've never known that. I know it sounds like weird stuff. Like, I know this is totally unrelated, but there we go. We're always unrelated. So <laughs> I, I remember putting bathroom scales on, on the vinyl floor. which which you think's normal yeah Yeah. what's wrong with that but the legs of the scales reacted to the vinyl oh my god so the circles on the not not like indents i mean Mm. literally the rubber feet of of the scales reacted to the vinyl so we ended up with little blobs on the God, you think bathroom scales? I know. Right? I know. <laughs> You're right for vinyl. Yeah. So, as well as not wrapping your painting in bubble wrap, don't buy scales with rubber feet to put on your vinyl floor. Good okay? tip, Tara. Yeah. <laughs> I bet everyone's really glad they tuned in now. <laughs> We've got a whole podcast on that if we thought about it. <laughs> but, uh, when you said about sending your paintings as well, I remember getting a painting. I bought one from, I saw this picture in, in a book. And it was all like character type paintings. And uh, I ordered one from the guy in the original he had on his website. And it came and it wasn't that he'd done anything fancy because it wasn't wrapped fancy. But what I did like was in the back, he just put a little handwritten sort of postcard and it said something like, uh, hi, Tara, really hope you enjoy this. So the fact that he'd just done something personal for me really made a difference so i think but if you went even further than that and just wrapped it really nicely like you are unwrapping a gift you know mm. these posh perfume people do all their their lovely perfume wrapping not yeah. like just an old amazon box with a bit of brown tape you know reused and wrapped around yeah. it and yeah. also if you put a handwritten note i think that's really nice or you know how you were saying get a business card designed you could get something designed or, or design it yourself, just almost like a little business card, just yeah. to put thank you so much for purchasing and just sign the bottom of it, just yeah. to make it really nice. Mm. So what, I mean, what tips have you got? Uh, well, when it comes to sending your watercolours, you obviously you want to protect your work as much as you can, and often I would put those in a tube because that they are by far the best way to, to send them. But even if even if it's in a in a tube, I would still you know put a layer of tissue paper over the top and then put it in a nice um, one of those cellophane envelopes. You know the ones that are really clear, and then roll it because then at least 
you know, when they pull it out, it'll still look lovely and crisp, fresh, and they're not going to mark it with their fingers. But with flat paintings, first of all, as I said, I'll wrap it in tissue paper, nice flat tissue, not some old screwed up toilet roll or (laughs) (laughs) tissue paper or newspaper you find lying around, nice flat tissue paper, and then wrap it neatly in something like brown paper. And you might want to include some stickers inside or, I don't know, if you like a, a few business cards, obviously some business cards, that's a must, um, a receipt. I always put my receipts and I do them in um, on the computer and I do them on lovely posh like paper because <laughs> I, I, I think everything you think about just finishes it off really nicely and you might even want to put a nice little ribbon around it or something like that. But then obviously you want to make sure that once you've got that beautifully wrapped then that's when you put your your overlayers on but I've even been known to stick googly eyes and a little mini pom-pom for a nose and draw a little smiley face on mine so when they open oh my their parcel God. they get this little smiley face just a bit of fun but it's a nice little finishing touch have they commented do about that <laughs> sorry yeah. oh yeah I've yeah. had comments about that before so basically what what you then do is once you've got that gift looking beautiful you then have to add your protective layers over the top because what you don't want to do is it's all looking beautiful but it's not protected enough. Yeah. So So what about actually sending it? Because obviously if you've got a glass frame, that must be incredibly dodgy. I'd never, ever, ever would post anything behind glass because it will absolutely break. It doesn't matter how carefully you pack it, it will break. So I just wouldn't do that, simple as that. And I, I would... Also recommend posting work unframed if it's a larger painting because they're really vulnerable as well Um, and absolutely use corner protectors for extra protection. But, I mean, smaller frames are easier to get away with because you can, the smaller the box, the smaller your painting, you know, the box the painting's in, the less likely it is to get um, damaged, I think, in my experience anyway. But you've really, you've got to assume that your delivery man is going to be lobbing your parcel into the back of a lorry from 100 yards away and then plonking a ton of other things on the top of it because he does not care about your parcel. He's getting paid at the end of the day. He does not care. So always take out insurance as well if the art is of any value that's above what it comes with your your normal post. And, um, And one more note on that, if you do take out insurance, make sure you photograph your art being packed in stages so that you capture every single layer because they will not pay out unless you've got proof that that art was packed properly if there is any damage. So keep the photographs until you've got confirmation that the art has been safely delivered and checked. Have you ever and had a problem like that? Have you ever had a problem where it's been damaged? Yes. Um, I, I mean, I send my art all over the world, as you know. I've sent it to goodness knows how many um, countries. I've only ever sent one behind glass, which was sent within the UK, and it was years and years and years ago. And it was a watercolor. And this was again when I very first started, didn't have the kind of experience, and it it broke. And I, I don't know anyone who's ever posted glass um, frame paintings without them breaking. And also a frame. The painting was fine, but the frame was broken. Right. But luckily, I had so many photographs. Um, because the first thing that the post office will do is they'll say, right, well, we need proof. And if I hadn't have taken those photographs, how would I have proved that? Yeah. So they'll, they will look for any way to get out of paying and they will always work under the assumption that you're not going to do that sort of stuff. So make sure you do. And be careful, actually. I have noticed that with some of the parcel companies, um, mm. You buy insurance. I, I can't remember which ones, but I was looking at some the other day. You, you buy insurance, so you say, oh, I want this covered up to 
200 quid, 500 quid, whatever the amount is. But if you then look in some of the exclusions, they do say something like, this does not cover art or this does not cover certain things. So make sure you check whoever you're using because you could be paying extra for this insurance Mm. and it's not really insuring it. I mean, I I once only I've had to use a professional art posting company actually they they specialize in delivering art um because it was at that really big painting the five foot one i did or four foot one i did i can't remember how big it was really big and it was being um, sent to massachusetts and i thought i can <laughs> this has got to be professionally yeah. boxed and they actually come round, they collect it they build a box for it and they they send it and obviously they cover it they, I think they pretty much deliver it door to door themselves. It costs six hundred and fifty pound to post it. Wow! But it, every, there, I had no worries about it at all. And obviously, I wasn't paying the postage. The no. person buying the painting was paying the postage. No good if you've got a little fifty quid painting. Yeah. <laughs> no, generally speaking, you don't need yeah. to do that. And certainly, drawings and things. I mean, drawings. It's it's lovely. It's easy. You know, you can send those off in a nice envelope with a hard backing and. You would know, you ever tube something? Would you ever tube post? I, I mean, I I do. I have done in the past, like if it's a watercolor or something. That because at the end of the day, when you're posting abroad, tubes will not, they're so sturdy, aren't yeah. they? Nothing is going through those things. So you know, yes, I don't love the idea because I know that obviously then they're bent when you not bent, but they're curly when yeah. the person unwraps them they sort of curl back up again but then once they're behind a frame it's not a problem but generally I always prefer to send anything flat so um and if it's something small then that's usually uh, you know how you would send it but something bigger would maybe going a tube yeah but then hopefully finally you'll get a um a nice little email or something from the person who's got the painting and they'll be delighted because you've just put that little bit of extra effort into you know yeah their their package and they've opened it up and felt like it's their birthday so yeah yeah so we've got to read out the answers to our previous question and the questions are getting weird i don't know where you're getting these anyway (laughs) if you had a painting fairy what would you like help with most and why so do you want to kick it off okay so i have got fuzzy sketchbook Technical skills, how to use materials in a way that helps me show what I want, making it look more professional and finished, not just a sketch. I would still explore with different materials, but maybe feel more confident with the fairy helping me, but in a very freestyle, fun kind of way. Being taught too much sometimes loses the fun of the process. By the way, I love your podcast and I enjoy it very much. Oh, thank you. I wrote wrote that bit at the end. No, I did I didn't know, of course I didn't. <laughs> right, got the next one. This is Mary Stack. Does it say Flandra is the best? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Oh, it's not if I wrote it, it wouldn't say that, would it? Um, oh, no. I've got Mary Stack and she says, I love, I'd love the fairies to tell me what's working and when to stop. Oh, yeah. Paint with pencil. I hope that the painting fairy tells me that even though there are hundreds and thousands of people that do art as well, my art still matters in some way and I need to keep creating it. Maybe the fairy could also teach me how to become a painting fairy apprentice so I could help in the painting fairy cause. By the way, I think you guys are already doing great painting fairy things. Thanks for your podcast. <laughs> I, I didn't write that one either. Wow, but, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I've got Crespo Arts. 
movement slash motion. For years, I've struggled with rigid imagery and, and embracing a more fluid style. I know not every work needs it, but occasionally I should sure use it. Bethany Kelly, correcting proportions as I go. I'm terrible for getting so involved with the action of painting slash mark making generally that I forget to step back and review what I've done until it's way too late and everything looks wonky. I like wonky. Yeah, I like wonky. I've got Alan Green and he says, painting perfect people proportions. Oh my God. It's a bit of a... a what Tongue twister. Yeah. Every now and then I get pleased with an image and then later, oh, he obviously realised it's gone wrong. <laughs> Christina McWilliams, to fuss over things less, use a bigger brush and learn to be okay with it, not sweat the small stuff. Laura Mulcahy, Impressionism. Realism I think I understand, but Impressionism is something I just can't wrap my brain around. Like stupid trees. Recreating trees is like chewing on tinfoil for me. Oh, God, I'm so one. with you. Same with you. But I never thought I was chewing on tinfoil, but yeah. Oh, it's just that. The tree's fine, but the idea of chewing on tinfoil. Oh, oh no, recreating trees. I'd rather chew tinfoil. Oh, no, I wouldn't. I haven't yeah. even got any fillings and I still wouldn't want to chew fil- yeah. tinfoil. But if you imagine if you had a... Oh, God, no, I can't even bear it. It's like that scratching... Oh, no, we're going yeah. to lose I've all heard. of our listeners. Yeah. Let's yeah. go on. Anne Nixon, my painting fairies would clean and organise every day. Perfect. That was my answer. I've got Annette Courtney and she says, my painting fairy would help me to be less afraid of a piece of white paper, to learn how to mix the colour I'm feeling and not to be so hung up on photorealism. My fairy would help me to learn shading to create light and and dark to be happy. Michael Beckett, I am partially red and green colourblind. So if my painting fairy granted wishes, I would ask for full colour vision. I am wary of getting what I wish for, as maybe more... I don't understand what this says. It says, I am wary of getting what I wish for, O-T-O-H. I don't know what that stands for. As maybe more colours equals more confusing. Oh, I know what he means there, because I much prefer to get a small set of mm. coloured pens. I, yeah. I've made the mistake in the past of then thinking, oh, I really like those, get a bigger set, and then I don't like Yeah. Them. What does Otto mean, though? <laughs> oh, no, it's probably something really rude and abusive to us. <gasps> <laughs> oh, I'm sure he wouldn't do that. Never know. <laughs> I'm going to have to try and think of what that means. I've got Francoise Howard, and she says perspective. I'm not sure how I would do in painting perspective, but I'm definitely not good with perspective in drawing buildings. I've got Sean Wynn. Colour. I can draw well and paint okay, but my colours never look right. I've studied colour theory, but I'm just useless at getting the combinations right. It frustrates the hell out of me. I've got Margaret Gray and she says, I need a painting fairy who can pick me up and drop me off at all the museums and galleries in the world and to great locations for painting and to carry my stuff. Carol Whitmore. Collaborate ideas and clean up everything. That's a good one as well. I've got Maya Castaneda and she says human anatomy and backgrounds I think she wants help with those Sally Van Nuys is it Nuys? I'm not sure my fairy would tap me on the shoulder and say leave it alone it's finished to keep me from going just a little bit more or maybe change that colour or I think it needs a touch here etc I've got Deb Rigney Hayes and she says how to have juicy colouring watercolours not just watered down now you did a video on this didn't you so that might be one, how to not get muddy watercolours. Oh, yes. On our, our yes. YouTube channel. She's, she's talking about juicy watercolours, though, not muddy. Yeah, but I mean, it's the opposite, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Rebecca Reynolds, ideas, creativity and composition. I just love to paint, just not always sure what. I can so relate to that, Rebecca, because sometimes I think actually getting to the part where you're ready to paint takes the longest, you know, getting the idea of what you want to paint and then finding the correct kind of bits and pieces you need and the photographs. So, yeah, I think that's a really good one. I've got Victoria Chan and she says, bend time and space so I can have more time to make and even teleport to the beautiful places to do so. Mary Flynn, definitely faces. I've got Rob Myers and he says, my fairy will be a painting demon. I think Rob's gone to the dark side and make every art material cheap to buy or even free. Is his fairy a um, thief then? I think so. Yeah, he's gone to the dark side. <laughs> Christy C. Neff, my fairies would go to work at my day job so I could just be in my blue room creating. Oh, I wish my fairy one. would do that. Yeah, do your admin, do my design. Yeah. Oh. I've got Eva Falkwalk Simpson and she says, I would wish her to help me win the lottery so I don't have to work so I can spend my time painting. Totally. Oh, absolutely. We've got a new and question, haven't we? We we have. We've got a brand new question, and it is. And we thought, well, as... and you made this one up. I didn't. Was this one me? Yeah. Yes, it was me. You're right. I take full credit for this one. Responsibility. I, thought... I mean, not credit. <laughs> no, and and it's not. It's literally just. What is your favourite art-related joke? And the reason I wanted to ask that is because obviously people I've noticed are feeling a little bit glum at the moment because everything has been going on this year. And I thought, you know, let's have some let's have some fun answers. So what is your favourite art-related joke? Are there any art-related jokes? I heard one once, which I thought was really funny, but then I don't know if it's very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen ones that are visual where, where someone does say, uh, like, draws Simone and Lisa and it's all, all different styles and then it it kind of puts little phrases underneath it like you know it, the impressionist I, I can't remember obviously I'm not a good joke teller am I <laughs> I can't even explain it the, but the problem no. is we're going to get all these jokes sent to us and the thing about a joke is it's often the way you tell it oh, that makes yeah. it funny so we'll probably end up murdering everybody yeah, we've everybody's probably... jokes or nobody knows any that could be a problem as well <laughs> I know one. Okay. I can put it, I, let me put it in a different way than it is. And no, I no, actually heard it. So we don't get any answers. You can read that one out next week. Okay. Yeah, I'll do Save that. It. <laughs> keep it, keep on the cliffhanger, that one. Um, <laughs> and as always, you can tweet us your answers at Kick Creators or let us know in the Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, I highly suggest you do. Uh, we'll put the question up there and on the Facebook page. And of course, on our Instagram page, which is Kick and the Creatives. Hopefully that gave you the kick in the creatives you needed and don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges and of course there you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and if you are enjoying the podcast we'd be really grateful if you would leave us a little five star review. (laughs) Finally I remembered to say the five star bit on iTunes or even um, well yeah even on itunes or <laughs> any, other, any of the other dusty yeah. places yes please uh, and don't forget to check out and subscribe to our kicking the creatives youtube channel as well also would love it if you would help support kicking the creatives and you can now do that by buying us a coffee and you can find the link on our website but that's it for today and we'll be back when will we be back what are we talking about <laughs> 
Who knows? Couple of weeks' time, <laughs> yeah. we'll be back. See you. <laughs> All right. See you later. Bye. 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 Oh, that was a really that was a really un untidy finish. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think that's fine. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Back soon. I've got Laura Mulcahy. I hope I've got that right. Impressionism, realism. I think I understand. Oh, impressionism, realism. I think I understand. But impressionism is something I just can't wrap my brain around. Like stupid trees, recreating cre. Oh my god! I'm going to start again. <laughs> yeah. I was going to make. I was going to say start again, Tara. <laughs> you let me finish it first, though, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Right.